Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here. Uh, this week on the Kayak Fishing Show Live, I was joined by my longtime friend and the editor of Kayak Angler Magazine, Rick Burnley. Uh, we're, we talked about uh, everything old in kayak fishing, everything we think is going to be coming up in kayak fishing, and just a lot about kayak fishing. So uh, stick around, I, I think you'll enjoy this show. Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you by, as always by Ballast Point Brewing Company. We are having a regular old Sultan today. Ah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, first off, um, wanted to uh, send out our best wishes to everybody up there in uh a little bit north of us here, there are some raging fires going on. Uh, I, it seems like every time we get a Santa Ana wind, somebody decides to go out and start a fire. And uh, there's some pretty major fires going on up north. So uh, we're wishing the best to all of our friends up there. Um, another thing is, uh, as I, a reminder to participate in the conversation on this show, if you want us to see your questions, answer any questions, you need to be watching on the Jim Salmon's page. We're still having some technical issues with connecting uh, these videos to the um, Kayak Fishing Show page. So if you want to participate, if you want to ask us questions, make sure you're watching on the Jim Salmon's page. The link is in the uh, video description. Um, before I get to our guest, uh, Rick Burnley from Kayak Angler Magazine, uh, we posted a new video up on our YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales, today. Now, supposedly with BeLive, in the past when we would share a video, we'd show videos or anything, there was no audio. They said they've changed that, but I haven't seen that. So I just want to play a little bit of this video for you really quick, just to see if you guys are hearing it. So please give me a thumbs up or or give a comment that you are hearing the audio from this, um, from this video. So... I'm gonna go ahead and start it here. Rod tip down. Don't do a whole lot of high sticking. If this changes direction on you, just keep that rod low. It'll push the boat around. I'm gonna get him close enough so I can gaff him. I'm gonna keep this guy because I saw him come up early. He was bleeding pretty good, and they seem to have a really good talent. Right when they come up next to you, they go so down. So is anybody hearing this? Are you guys hearing it's the audio leave. from that uh, YouTube video right now? I'm just kind of curious about ah. that working right. Strong fish. Whew, got him in color now. It's right under my boat. But... This was in uh, Louisiana ah, fishing with fish. Mexican Gold Fishing Company. Big fish uh, like that. The last for, 10 uh, feet's always the hardest 10 feet of the whole fight. The sound's funky. <laughs> One of the highlights of the trip was watching well, Jim lay good that to last kill of Ventuna. Uh, he battled that tuna, it seemed like forever, but uh, he never gave up. He uh, kept kept pushing, kept pushing, and finally landed that fish. And what a beautiful fish that was. And I know he was extremely excited to get that one to the boat. So a nice yellow fin tuna there. Success. We don't kill. I'll drop fish. that down now. But like I said, my fish. main concern was uh, yeah, letting you guys know let me know if you're hearing it. Um, stop that so I'm not listening to it anymore. Um, 
So yeah, just to, again, if you want to participate in the conversation, make sure you're watching on the Jim Salmons page. Go ahead and shoot us some questions. I am, like I said, we've got Rick Burnley on here. He is the uh, editor of Kayak Angler Magazine. Um, I've seen this magazine progress into a, a very high quality magazine. It's the longest running kayak specific, kayak fishing specific magazine, that's for sure. Um, our good friend Paul Leibowitz was a former editor of it and Rick took over for him some years ago and has been doing a great job. Uh, and if you're not getting it, uh, maybe you'll have a chance to win a uh, subscription to it because Rick has offered to uh, give away a couple subscriptions to the magazine. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring Rick up into this lobby or up into the screen with me. Rick, how are you? I'm doing good, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Um, you know, we fished together a long, long time ago and uh, we've known each other quite a while. Uh You've been you've been involved in kayak fishing for quite a long time now, and you're still an old school guy like me that likes to paddle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You did the um, uh, you know uh, uh, you know one of the reviews on my uh, book when it came out, Complete Kayak Fisherman, uh, and that was like 2006. So, and I know we knew each other before then. You were a big help on that book, I and mean, you actually contributed to it too. So, um, yeah, that puts us back there a ways, huh? <laughs> Historical <laughs> figures. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, it just shows you that, you know, the people who are passionate about the sport tend to stick around it. You know, it's just like it's not something that you just give up. Um, it's it's uh, it's too fun. Uh, I'm going to say hello to a couple of people who are watching. Uh, Serge from uh, Ottawa. Thanks for watching, man. Uh, Richard. Yeah, I am seeing your comments. So thank you for being here. Uh, John says nice tuna. Thanks, buddy. And Richard loves the magazine. So thanks, Richard. Very cool. Um, let me see if I can bring these things up so I can actually see them. So, Rick, um, yeah, I say we. we well, I act. Sorry, sorry about that. Hit the wrong button. I accidentally accidentally drop Rick off the screen. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, we can cover any kind of thing. So that's why I'm hoping we we'll get some good questions here because, you know, you have been involved in the sport for such a long time. I mean, we just had a conversation on the phone um, a week or so ago talking about different stuff. And I wouldn't mind touching base on some of that. Um, you know, specifically, I mean, having been in the sport a long time, like myself, um, what are some of the, the bigger changes that, that you've seen Um overall i mean as far as what, what is helping this sport grow well we were talking about you know we were talking for a couple of a uh, couple of projects i was working on for the next uh, issue of kayak angler and uh, for our paddling buyer's guide um and uh, you know one was uh, on uh, trends uh, in the sport and uh, we've talked to, to industry people before about trends and and such and i thought it'd be good this year to talk to anglers you know about trends uh, you know, in kayak fishing because they're the ones, you know, who actually are the end user or the end, you know, uh, recipient of whatever trends are, are going on. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I took a, I, I got in touch with some, uh, you know, some big names in the sport. People have been around for a long time. You, Kevin, Chad, uh, Hoover, uh, you know, and, and, and some others. And, um, you know, one of the things, uh, I think it was Kevin was pointing out with Kevin, Kevin, Kai, Kevin Whitley was pointing out is that, um, uh, the, you know, kind of the invention of the all around, uh, you know, stand up capable, um, you know, bass fishing, uh, you know, platform, you know, is a big, um, 
you know, a big change in the sport. Uh, you know, I just actually uh, sold yesterday one of my old Prowler uh, 15s, old school, original, you know, sit on the sit in the water for Prowler 15s. And man, it was it was definitely hard to see it go because you'll never see probably another kayak like that. You know, even the newer generations, they certainly, you know, are a lot more stable, a lot wider. That thing was a speed demon. I, I've, I've still got another one, so that's why I was um, able to let this well, one go. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I'm, you know, biased. I did help design that boat. Uh, yeah. That was one of the very first ones that we worked on with Ocean Kayak, and and it surfed really well. Handles surf just wonderful. Yeah. Um, I sometimes even going farther back, you know, talk about missing a boat. Uh, I wish I had held on to at least one Scupper Pro. Yeah, you always yeah, you always say that, and uh, and uh, I respect that too. Yeah, it, uh, the only problem is I don't think I could fit my ass in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a little bit bigger, and that was a very tight, narrow seat. Yeah, yeah, what a great. Battle. And that's the thing about the that's the thing about the um, all around you know bass boat that that you see now um, so popular you know and and so many different styles and models and you know configurations and price points now and everything too and that just brings so many more anglers into the sport. Um, you know, with different size asses and, uh, um, uh, you know, really makes it not, I mean, that, that, uh, that 15 is a great boat, but I've put people in it and they've gone over. I've had, you know, had people look at it and go, huh, <laughs> you know? And so, um, uh, you know, but now the boats that, you know, are so much more user-friendly and, and a big part of that is, you know, kind of changing the complete mentality of your, of your design from, you know, performance to, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, ergonomics, I guess, you know, uh, ease of right. use and, uh, uh, you know, user friendliness and, and looking at, you know, the, the sport as a, in a different way is like, you know, uh, people need something they can fish out of, not necessarily have to paddle hundreds of miles because people are finding fishing opportunities, you know, so close and, you know, within the range of these boats. And anyway, they're just so user friendly and that, that really changed, I think the yeah. whole, and, and, and made the sport what it is today, of course. There really is a boat now for anyone. Mm -hmm. you know, um, Quite honestly, you know, as I said, I've been guiding for a long time. And back in the day, you know, all I had was scupper pros mm -hmm. and, and tridents and that sort of thing. And um, they, you would get a client show up and you're just like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this guy is, is not the right guy for these boats. And now mm -hmm. there literally is a, a kayak for everyone. You know, um, Jackson just came out with the new um, big rig. FD HD, you know, so right. can, <laughs> too, yeah. um, but I mean, I've always said about that, but it's like, you know, I can stand up and dance on that thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is so insanely stable. Um, it's one of those, you can stand on one side of it and it, it's still not going over. And then to, you know, to the next step, uh, which isn't a kayak, um, you know, is that blue sky. Right. You know? And I think uh, as we were talking about the other day, I think that's just something that, Maybe it will open the doors for people who had, who had said before, like, you know, oh, there's no way I'm fishing in a kayak. Right. It's not, it, it's not going to work for my back. It's not going to work for what I want to do. Um, it's not stable enough, whatever. Well, you get a boat like that, which you're sitting up just as high as I am in this chair at my desk and is insanely stable and can be motorized or whatever else. And yeah, no, it's, it's not a kayak, but it's, 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 it's another way to get people on the water. 
Exactly. And, and, yeah, and it, that would never have been probably possible if it hadn't been for the developments in kayak fishing in the first place. I mean, you know, you start to look at some of these offshoot boats, you know, uh, um, and, and now another one of the trends that, that uh, you know, there were, people were talking about was, um, uh, you know, now really designing boats specifically for, you know, adding motors to, you know, like, cause that, that takes a completely different hull design than, you know, a paddling boat for sure, you know, and even a pedal boat. Uh, and they certainly design boats around the pedals, you know, that aren't meant to be paddled necessarily. And so, you know, a lot of people are talking, you're starting to see a little bit of it now too, um, you know, with the feel free uh, and their overdrive and, and Jackson and, and uh, you know, the FD HD, uh, you know, boats that are designed, you know, to, to, and the, and the blue sky, of course, too, and the, you know, just uh, to be operated with an alternative power source. Right. And, and as I said, it, it just opened the doors for that many more people who um, wouldn't necessarily get into a, a kayak or get into having to paddle, um, you know, maybe because of limitations or just, you know, straight up strength or comfort or whatever. So right. it, it's, it's really cool to see that. I mean, it's certainly, you know, you see a Hobie Pro Angler. I don't want to have to paddle that boat. Right. You know, that's a beast to paddle. So to have that kind of a vessel that can be moved through the water with a pedal drive or other systems, it, it just, it gives people that, that great stand up, you know, stable platform. And, and like you were, you were saying, actually, you know, adding that whole stand up ability. Um, it's actually pretty funny to me because back in the day, people were like, well, can you stand in it? You know, can right. you stand in it? It's like, I don't want to stand in it. I want to go somewhere fast. Right. But now it has become such a big part of it, is particularly in the bass fishing and fishing the flats, where it is being able to stand up is such a huge advantage. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and uh, um, uh, you were saying, actually, I think your, uh, your um, contribution to the trends column was you were saying the seat, you know, is a big uh, improvement, you know, in, in the, the uh, stadium seat, you know, kind of uh, concepts yeah. uh, change things as well for, you know, for sure. Again, just getting so many more people into the boat. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, those seats uh, made such a difference to me. And, and we had the discussion, but basically the bottom line is, you know, I came from being in, you know, these really narrow uh, scuppers, scupper pros and all that, which were very uh, form fitting, if you will. I mean, they kind of hugged your butt and gave you a lot of support. As the boats got bigger and wider, the seats got flatter and you no longer had that support. And I, I went from being able to spend 12 hours in a scupper pro to being kind of hurting by five hours. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, I, I need to be off of this thing. And once I joined Jackson and got into the elevated seat, it went back to being able to, being able to stand, stay all day in that seat right. and not have a problem because they are that much more comfortable. I mean, I, I, I mean, I hate game changer, but for me, that was a game changer just in the fact that it allowed me to be on the water longer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you see the, the idea, uh, you know, even all, all across all the lines, all the different companies are using it and have coming up with their own, you know, concept on it. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely gets a lot more people in the boat. People always say, you know, oh, so why do I want more people in kayaks? You know, then next time I go to my fishing hole, there's going to be ten guys in kayaks there instead of just me and my buddy. You know, right. um, but you know, we have power in numbers as as uh, kayak anglers, and uh, you know, the more people we bring on, and and the more we, you know create 
you know, consistency across the sport, you know, and, and uh, spread the word, uh, you know, then when it comes time to slice up the regulations pie or the access pie or whatever, you know, we'll have hopefully, a, you know, a bigger voice in that in that discussion. You know, this is a democracy, so it's powered by numbers, right? It just started to get really hot in my office. I had to stand up and turn off. <laughs> well, you can take your shirt off if you have to or something. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, so the more the merrier, you know, the way, and you can always, you know, I don't, I never fish around anybody else. I don't know. I don't see anybody else out in the water where I fish. <laughs> um, well, that's because you go on um, stealth missions in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> well, I, you know, like everybody knows La Jolla. It, it, it's not a secret spot. Um, the guys who fish it a lot are the guys who catch a lot of fish. Um, oh, that's and, a thing too. Yeah. You know, you're certainly not, you're not hiding anybody. It is the spot. Everybody launches from the same place. Right. So, uh, it's just a matter of putting in your time. Um, what's, uh, Tom Riley says he has a few scupper pros. <laughs> He's up here. <laughs> uh, make a deal, make an offer. Um, Dave Fowler says, hope Santa brings me a magazine subscription in my stocking this year. <laughs> I can give you Santa's uh, address and uh, website if you'd like. It's, uh, there you go. Kayakangler.com. That's, uh, <laughs> Santa answers the emails there. <laughs> uh, John had a question for you and I, and I'll let you answer it first. What was it that got you into kayak fishing? It says, for me, it was an economic way to get on the water, which turned into loving it and eventually opening a kayak fishing and tackle shop. Well, that's... That's very cool. You know, uh, uh, Jim and I were just talking before, you know, about where you were saying about how the passion, you know, shows up in people and how, you know, if it's the right person, it really just, it clicks for some reason, uh, like there, you know, end up opening a tackle shop. Good, thank goodness I didn't ever go that far. I always say, if you if you hate fishing, you should open up a tackle shop because you'll never see the water again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, I, I grew up fishing fish my whole life. My dad was a, a guide. Uh, charter boat captain and a guide and and, uh, and he was also an outdoor writer and editor of a fishing magazine so the you know chip off the old block but uh you know and i live in virginia beach which is a great fishing destination offshore inshore from shore whatever million ways to fish 24 hours a day and um uh so my dad had a boat you know i fished with him all the time and then he moved and took the boat with him and, uh, you know, I was left in Virginia Beach. Uh, you know, of course, yeah, I was older. He didn't, he didn't leave me as a child. <laughs> I had graduated from college and such by then. But uh, anyway, and uh, so I was kind of abandoned on shore. And I mean, I'm a big surf fisherman, too, and love it and, and spent a few years doing that. But then that was right around the time that kayak fishing was really starting to you know take off and become a thing. And uh, um, uh, Corey Ruth was doing a, uh, um, a like intro talk down at um uh, our local paddle shop, Wild River Outfitters, and I uh, went down to check it out because I was also starting to do some writing to, to you know, make ends meet. Uh, I had a new family and the rest. And uh, um, so I went down there to see what it was all about and ended up contacting Hobie. And they sent me a, an old school Outback Hank Parker edition. Oh, and, nice. Uh, which, which, you know, no disrespect to Hobie, I tore up in about like 30 minutes. But no, it was, they last a little longer than that. But, you know, that got me into it and, and seeing the possibilities um, and then, uh, then I got that, that Prowler 15 and for the kind of open water fishing we do here, that was just a perfect platform. And since I had already had experience fishing for big red drum and big striped bass and flounder and fishing the Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel and, and, uh, you know, those kinds of things, I just tried to figure out ways I could take that kayak and go to the same places and do the same thing. And about that time, 
I ran into kayak Kevin Whitley and uh, he had a paddling background, but not much fishing, but he was, you know, into fishing. But anyway, and I had the fishing background I was looking for somebody who could paddle some miles. And so it was kind of like, um, you know, uh, two peas in a pod kind of thing. And, uh, um, you know, the rest was kind of history. And we started, you know, well, I was, then I started writing a book and we started knocking off species that, you know, I had targeted in the boat, you know, big red drum from the shoals of Eastern shore, stripe, big striped bass, the fish in the Chesapeake Bay Bridge tunnel, you know, and all these different fisheries. And uh, yeah, the rest was history. So <laughs> well, you, you've got some great guys out there. Uh, I mean, like you said, Corey Ruth, uh, Kevin, Rob Choi, mm -hmm. um, Lee. I mean, it's such a great group of guys. I mean, that, that trip I did out there the first time where we fished the, uh, uh, chips. Yep. Um, I mean, it just, just such a, a solid group of people, uh, that are still, all of them are still involved in the sport. And that, that was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, um, uh, um, when you get that passion, you know, when it clicks, it, it clicks, you know, and then so for people who it clicks with, this is a very dangerous place to live. And uh, just like San Diego, I always tell people that that's one of the other places in the world that I can see myself living because, you know, it's there's so many different opportunities and you can always push the boundaries. You know, there's always a way to redefine something new, target a new species. And, and as you know, too, you know, year by year, the species change. You know, we used to catch the heck out of striped bass. We don't hardly see any anymore. Now we've got all these big red drum, you know, that uh, we didn't have 10 years ago, even five years ago, you know. So uh, there's always, you always have to adapt to whatever, you know, the the, the conditions Mother Nature throws you. And uh, so for people that like that kind of challenge, there's no better place to be. And, and also the 24-hour aspect of it, you know, we can go out in the middle of the night. I would not want to live a place where I couldn't fish all night long too, you know, because daylight savings time now, you know, I have no time after, after my day job as a teacher. So, uh, you know, it's all night fishing pretty much. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, where I am, we have a year round fishery. There is always something to go fishing for here, uh, and not having to freeze your tail off. <laughs> yeah. Kip, I think that Kiptic peak was still one of the coldest shoots. <laughs> so freezing, um, uh, Chesapeake Bay in December. Yeah. That was freezing and you're not moving, you know, yeah, that's the worst part. Three ships. Yeah. It's like deer hunting. The ship soaking an eel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like deer hunting. You're just sitting there freezing to death. Um, Randy has a question. What's the best piece of equipment other than a PFD you'd recommend for a new kayak fisherman? Uh, again, Rick, Rick, I'll let you take that and I'll, I'll throw in my mind after you say something. Um, well, PFD, of course. Well, you know, uh, another thing, actually, Jim, you put me on along uh, many years ago. Uh, I sent you some pictures of fish I caught. And the first thing you said was, you're not using a carbon fiber paddle. And I was like, I don't need no stinking carbon fiber paddle. But that, that planted the worm in my head, you know, and I was like, maybe I need a carbon fiber paddle. And I tell you, once you get one, you just never go back. And, uh, um, um, you know, it's the most important piece of equipment that I have on the boat. And I'm not saying, of course, you have to have a paddle, but, you know, really upgrading your paddle, the best one that you can get, um, especially if you're going to be a paddle fisherman, uh, you know, that's your that's that's your motor. That's your pry bar. That's your push pole. It's your anchor. It's your you know, I've had to beat wildlife at bat. You know, I mean, it's it's your personal defense weapon. It's, you know, it's so many <laughs> different things. And, um, uh, um, you know, having a good paddle that's super light, super stiff. Um, and you know, I've, this year I've transitioned, um, 
uh, we, another article I have to talk about a little bit later is our is the is the one that we're doing for kayak angler on uh, old old guy hacks I'm calling it. But uh, you know I've had to change my paddle you know over the last year and a half just to uh, just to um, I, you know I don't have the power I used to or the endurance I used to. I used to use a big blade because I liked, and especially on that old Prowler 15, um, you know, I'm a, a smaller guy, so I liked having the extra power, big blade, and especially on that faster boat, but I moved up to the um, uh, Trident 13, and uh, I needed a, a, a smaller, more like touring blade, um, right. because the boat's heavier and wider and not as not as fast, and, uh, and it was beating me up, you know, so I went through a couple different blades, and uh, I've just uh, started using the, um, bending or Aquabound Tango. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a new design for them. And, uh, you know, it's a, a hybrid between a touring blade and a, and a, and a high, high angle blade, but, um, probably a little bit more volume, you know, so I still have a little bit more speed. I was using a really low angle blade and, uh, and it was great cause I could go all day and I felt great. But, uh, but it, you know, when the current would kick up or the wind would kick up, it was like, you know, slow boat to China back to the, back to the beach. <laughs> And, uh, um, so this one here is, I'm pretty happy with it so far. And, uh, um, you know, and that's a thing too, you know, sometimes it takes two or three different paddles before you find the right one, um, uh, you know, to settle with. And, uh, um, but you know, that would be definitely my, my thing that you know, first thing yeah, I would upgrade. Yeah, I would, I would, answer? Yeah, I would definitely, <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, I would definitely, for the, for a paddling kayak fisherman, don't go cheap on the paddle. You know, we're, like, like you said, we're at, because buy the best one you can afford and getting into carbon fiber is night and day. And then for me, it was going, taking that next step and going to the Callista touring style mm -hmm. blade, but it's a foam core blade. So those mm -hmm. blades are buoyant in the water. So they have a very light and lively feel. Um, if you are not a paddling kayak fisherman, I guess we could throw out a different answer. Um, I mean, safety wise, a VHF radio, uh, a personal locator beacon. Uh, most of the stuff I would say that you really need is, you know, that is that safety stuff that you should always have on your boat. Uh, these new um, personal locator beacons, uh, the ACRs, I mean, they're tiny. I mean, it's the size of, it's it, well, it's smaller than this phone. So I just, I just have it on my PFD all the time. And they work so well as that last ditch um, resource if you ran into trouble. And, you know, unfortunately, people do run into trouble. Um, and that'll actually bring up a subject. Um, you know, we're talking about PFDs and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I've been on a mission about PFDs for a very long time, about getting people to wear them all the time. Uh, Kayak Fish Magazine, I told them they should institute a rule that they do not publish any photos of people without PFDs on. And they shut me down. They're like, no, that's, you know, that's part of the the world of kayak fishing. Some people wear them, some people don't. We're not gonna hold people out and not publish photos. If it's a newsworthy story, it's a newsworthy story. But unfortunately, people do die doing this. And um, like I said, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm very adamant about people wearing the PFDs. Now, what is kayak anglers stance on that? As far as publishing photos of people not wearing a PFD. Where do you guys stand? Well, we've um, uh, been uh, partnering with uh, the um, Wear It campaign, you know, in the U.S. Coast Guard and, um, to, uh, you know, uh, spread the word that, you know, we, we are 100 percent 
uh, PFDs in the magazine, much to the difficulty of an, an editor sometimes when you have this great picture, you know, <laughs> and they're not wearing a PFD, but, but, you know, and of course, you know, we live in the real world as well. We realize that not everybody wears one, not all the time is even appropriate for one, maybe, you know, and, and, uh, um, uh, you know, everybody's going to have their own choices about what they do. But I think promoting, you know, people wearing it and it becomes second nature to people. And I'm really surprised because I remember when I first started doing this and all the pictures that I would get from our readers because we have the CPR uh, pages in the magazine uh, with uh, reader photos. And, um, you know, we would always get photos without PFDs. And we even ran a contest and still run a contest where, you know, we pick one angler wearing a PFD and, and give them a free uh, um, uh, inflatable Mustang uh, PFD. And, um, uh, now I hardly, you know, get any photos where, uh, anglers don't have PFDs on. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a refreshing thing to see because I think it's become a second nature to people. And it's like wearing your seatbelt when you get in the car. I think most people, you know, do that without even the annoying buzzing bell and lights and everything else. Um, um, you know, so that's, that's a good thing to see. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I think by, publishing photos and only using photos it you know just gets people clicks it into their heads you know so that they're more conditioned to wear one and um, um you know but not making a judgment on folks that don't for sure yeah well I, you know for me the the key there is you know try some different ones on like just like you're saying the paddle you got to find the right paddle you got to find the right pfd find one that you're comfortable in uh make a commitment to wearing it once once you've made a commitment to wearing it and it is one that you're comfortable in, then um, after time, it feels weird not having one mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. You know, when I sit in my kayak yeah. and I don't have a PFD on, it's just like, wow, this is doesn't feel right. So, you know, and there are options out there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the inflatables, but for people in the really, really hot areas, maybe that's, that's an option that's going to get them in uh, a PFD. And it's better to have one than none. Um, the technology, a the technology now in PFDs almost makes it like there's no excuse not to wear one. You know, there's so many different types, like you were saying, one for everybody. But, you know, uh, these these folks are using foam now that like folds and, and melts into your body after you wear it for a while. And it shapes to, you know, to fit you. And then, you know, uh, the, the uh, waffling and the um, like the egg crate. Uh, from right. that they have that keeps the air circulating and and uh, some of these inflatable PFDs are you know just as reliable as as uh, as your um, you know your foam PFDs so there's one out there for everybody yeah yeah just make sure you practice getting back in your kayak with the PFD on yeah um, another important thing you know so many so many stories of people that you know fall out and they can't get back in they never practiced it before and uh, you know there's there's tools and and things that you can use to, to help you get back into the kayak. But if you don't yeah, have, of course, sure. you know, it's not going to be a safety good. step for somebody who just doesn't have the upper body strength to get themselves in is a great one. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it should be second nature. You should, you should know the second you hit the water, you should know exactly what you're doing and be back out of that. Um, you know, it shouldn't take you forever to get situated. And, and I think that's where a lot of people run into problems to get fatigue. I actually had a client come out and experience, I was like an experienced kayak angler, mm. uh, came out to come fishing with me, fell off the kayak with the hatch open, mm. rolled it, filled it full of water. Thankfully, I carry a bilge pump with me and we were able to get him out. He had no clue how to do a self-rescue. Mm. And we were out off the kelp in La Jolla, you know, and it's like, 
don't tell me you're an experienced kayak fisherman if you don't know how to self-rescue. Um, Jeremy said uh, something he thinks people should bring with them, a pair of side cutters if you hook yourself. Uh, a river knife comes in handy too. Yeah, definitely a good pair of strong dikes, uh, lineman's pliers, or I even have a small pair of bolt cutters. Mm -hmm. uh, for those big hooks, it makes a huge difference. I've always got those in my tackle box because, you know, you fish enough, you're eventually, you are going to get a hook in you. It's not, if it is, it is definitely when. Um, gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about that. It was, you know, <laughs> thinking about getting a hook in yourself. I uh, uh, talk about it. Let's move on. Next topic. <laughs> but, you know, safety equipment, you know, too, as you were saying, I've got one of those ACR uh, personal located beacons. I also have their, um, uh, I think it's the Firefly strobe uh, light that okay. they have. Um, uh, you know, I've almost been run over several times. <laughs> um, you know, whistle, uh, absolutely necessary. Um, you know, a compass. So many people rely on their GPS or their phone or what have you. And uh, compass always works, you know, and uh, I always carry one with me. Yeah. Because you never know when the fog's going to roll in or whatever happens. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I mean, I have a story about that. I was, I was a couple miles offshore in La Jolla and I happened to stumble across another guy on the water in the dense fog. And he literally goes to me. So Jim, the beach is, that way right <laughs> and I, I literally reply to go well i'm sure there is a <laughs> right maybe in hawaii before you hit it he right. was he was 180 degrees off he had no clue where where he was or which direction to go because there was no wind heavy fog zero swell yeah you didn't have any kind of sensation of what way and fog is so disorienting anyway yeah. and i've brought this up on this show before is what I've discovered um, now that my wife and I have a boat and we go out in the boat to La Jolla oftentimes, I came to realize how invisible kayaks are. Mm -hmm. you know, so many of them are, are these dull colors, gray, tan, you know, and they're out there in the fog or in the dark. They don't have a light on. They don't have a headlight, a, you know, a busy carbon light. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not wearing a PFD. I mean, all of a sudden, this thing just this kayak just emerges out of the fog. It's like good thing I was like creeping along, because it, it does make it um, very hard to uh, to see anybody. Uh, Lee Parker um, says, "Rick, sitting here at ARC with Kevin right now, watching <laughs> the show. Oh, he remembers the first years of kayak fishing with you. He also and also that week at Kip to Peak." Jim and crew. No, I'm glad he still remembers all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're getting old. We don't necessarily remember everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days for sure. So, what, yeah. what do you see? Um, what do you see coming up in kayak fishing that's uh, going to be the next thing? Well, you know, again, that was that was another one of the questions that we were talking about in that for that trends piece that's coming up in the uh, paddling buyers guide. And, um, you know, I think one of the best uh, things, of course, like we were saying, you know, boats designed more for, you know, use with the electric motors that are coming up. Um, um, you know, I think that I think that you know, one of the big things you're going to see more of is, you know, kayak anglers taking maybe more of a um, a unified, uh, you know, uh, position on issues, 
um, you know, we've got lots of kayak fishing clubs and, and uh, tournaments, of course, and you've got, you know, a lot of uh, a great kayak fishing community. Um, I think that, you know, I hope that we're going to start to see people, you know, taking more of a, a, a you know, a proactive role in, you know, issues concerning conservation, um, you know, regulations, access, uh, you know, because we have a unique voice and, and we have a unique position in the industry. And I'm telling you, um, you know, you know, as well as I do that this sport is just, it's not only grown, of course, in people, um, which it has, but now it's really starting to get a lot more recognition in the industry and in, uh, you know, the government as well. Um, but certainly in the industry, um, you know, more traditional fishing companies are reaching out to us to help them get their messages across, you know, and, uh, um, you know, become part of the kayak fishing community as well. They want to get on board now. And, and that's a great thing to see because again, you know, that gives us, uh, you know, more of a voice, you know, when it comes to not only government issues or, or these things, but industry industry, industry issues too. You know, it's, you know, when we started fishing, we had to like jerry rig everything from the crate to the, uh, to your anchor to, you know, I mean, everything, your rod holders, you know, everything you had, you had to invent uh, PVC pipes and, and uh, uh, milk crates and whatever you could find around. And, um, um, you know, now we have so many different things that, you know, come right out of the factory, perfect for a kayak. And, you know, we should start to see, I hope, more stuff in the industry like that tackle and rods and, and uh, you know, companies reaching out in the traditional kayak fishing industry towards us, too. So, you know, I think we're going to get a lot more momentum. As, well, yeah, as we, it, it, just to that point, I mean, it wasn't very many years ago. I mean, very few years ago that I was begging Ocean Kayak to go to ICAST yeah. and they wouldn't go. And right. they were already there with Johnson Outdoors. Right. They're like, oh, they, you know, it's, we're not, we're not gonna bring a kayak to ICAST. And now everybody is at ICAST. Every yeah. kayak manufacturer is at ICAST. And yeah. Yeah, well, what was it two yeah. years ago? The, the picture on the front of the convention center, you know, freaking. 50 feet tall, you know, is a uh, Morgan prominence on a, right. on a, uh, on a Hobie kayak hooked up, you know, probably right off of La Jolla, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was like, wow, that's, we've arrived. And it's, you know, it's always the thing that I remember we used to go and people would be like, Oh yeah, that kayak fishing thing, it's getting pretty big. You know, now they're like, uh, so, you know, what do we have to do to get, to get involved in this thing? You know? Right. Right. And, you know, you know, I said, if you go back far enough that you look at, you know, I'd come in with a fish and people thought you were crazy for even being out there. And mm-hmm. you know, people still think we're crazy sometimes, but um, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good that people should be a little afraid of us because, you know. <laughs> um, Tom Riley, why do you think people don't want to learn how to self-rescue or take classes? I think it's personally... I think it's just a feeling of immortality. It just, everybody feels, particularly when you're younger, you feel like you're bulletproof and they just never take the time. It's the same reason they don't take the time to learn how to paddle properly. You know, it's just like, Oh, I, I can go out there and do it. And I, I, I kind of equate that to, or to a reason that the pedal boats have become so popular because anybody can sit on a kayak and pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does take, a certain amount of skill to be able to paddle properly. I mean, it's not rocket science, but there is technique involved. And if you don't take the time to learn how to paddle properly, it's going to be a lot more work. So 
I don't know why they don't. Other than, like I said, I, I think uh, people feel like they're bulletproof and they don't. It, it, it's never going to happen to me. You know, it, it's a, it's kind of that feeling like, oh, well, you know, I, that's not going to happen to me. I'm fine. Um, and, and, the, and the sport is so user friendly as well now. You really feel like, you know, completely safe and confident and you're surrounded by people who are happily paddling and paddling around in circles and having a great time. And it's like, you know, uh, and, and honestly, you know, in whatever 15 years of, of kayak fishing, you know, maybe falling out of the kayak two or three times, you know, and, uh, and, and I think that that gives people a false sense of, of safety as well. You know, it only takes one time of course, but, um, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a false safety. It's almost too safe. It's almost too, uh, user-friendly and, uh, you know, gives people a false sense of security and, uh, um, you know, and there's time of course and issues as well, but like this weekend, I think it's this weekend. The uh, uh, our local kayak fishing association, Tidewater Kayak Anglers Association, is running a clinic. Bring your kayaks out to Rudy Inlet. We're all going to jump in the water and see who, <laughs> you know, who floats to the surface. But um, uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunities. Even if you just take your boat someplace where you can, you know, in a controlled environment where you can practice getting back into it and getting back into it, you know, in dressed in your winter clothes. Um, to be honest with you, you know, we were just talking about these go everywhere user friendly super stable kayaks, but they're actually harder to get back into than, you know, a boat with less primary stability. You know, my, my try just rolls on its side and I just, you know, lay myself over it and then roll back in. But, you know, some of these boats that are higher off the water and more stable, then you, you know, then you add in pedals in there and you add in a fish finder and a, you know, rod holder sticking up all over the place. And, you know, uh, it, it becomes more difficult to get back in. No, that's a, it's a very good point. And I always tell people, um, you know, if you are switching from one kayak to a new kayak, do the same thing, go out there and practice those things, take the kayak out there with nothing on it and learn the limitations of the boat, see how far you can lean it on its side, see, you know, where that secondary stability is, you know, figure out wh where that breaking point is and, and practice the self rescues because it's going to be different on every boat and you might have to modify your technique based on one of these these kayaks that has much higher sides on them um richard has a question do you think fish finder companies should make fish finder specific for kayaks like shorter cables yes i think they should <laughs> <laughs> i mean you should see the amount of cable that i've got in the back of my kraken because i've got that um axiom uh -huh. and i mean the cable is like this big around and it's like 30 feet of it, <laughs> I got 10 pounds of cable. So well, uh, I have talked to Ray Marine about that a lot. Um, and I wish they would, I, but, but the reality is, I think we're still kind of a small part of the market. And it, yeah. it you know, do you have an, uh, basically that's an extra, an extra skew, you know, right. you know extra skew just to, to address the kayakers. I sure wish they would. The nice thing is you can always shorten the power cable, but you can't shorten the transducer cable. Yeah, you know, that's I, I, at ICAST this summer. Uh, you know, one of the companies approached me and we're like, we want to get in on this kayak fishing thing. And uh, I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, good luck. You know, <laughs> what, what can we do? And I said, how about make the shorter cable? You know, and they're all they're like light bulbs went off in their eyes. Like, oh, I was like, that's all you'd have to do. You know, some of these people want to, some of these companies want to, I don't know, reinvent the wheel for kayak fishermen. We don't need anything special really, you know, uh, but a shorter cable would be nice, you know, um, obviously tough gear that can be, you know, beat up is, 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 is good, you know, um, uh, 
but uh, you know when people try to go and you know invent a kayak fishing fishing rod or a kayak fishing uh, whatever you know sometimes they miss the mark because they try a little too hard I think you know uh, you know I, I've said that a lot um, you know as far as fishing gear you know good quality gear it's going to hold up better um, right. that's why I love the Siegler reels they're so easy to tear apart and and maintain yourself because kayak fishing is hard on gear so you need yeah. stuff that can hold up to that stuff but I've been asked so many times, like, oh, we want to do a kayak fishing specific rod. What is that? Right. You know, it, 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 you're still talking about different types of rods for different types of species, you know, and yeah. making it kayak specific. I don't even know what that is because there's plenty of rods out there. I don't right. know that you need a kayak fishing specific rod. There's a lot of rods out there to address. I mean, oh, well, let's make one that floats. Okay. You know, I think uh, Akuma tried that and yeah. I don't know how well that worked. Um, you, you know, know anything I mean, you do like that is going to change the performance of the rod, you know, and then that's going to lessen its, you know, lessen its, its ability to catch the fish or, you know, uh, what, you right. know whatever you're going to use it for. You know, I, I would say take your best rod and put it in the hands of a kayak angler, you know, and, and, you know, show people out there that, Hey, look, this is our rod. He's using it. He's not broken it. You know, he hasn't rusted out the eyes. He hasn't, you know, snapped it off. And uh, I mean, again, knock on wood, but uh, you know, in, in how many years of kayak fishing, I think I've maybe lost one fishing rod. Yeah. I, I've, I mean, I got flipped over by a sea lion and <laughs> three rods to the bottom and I got them all back. Uh. I marked it on my uh, GPS and a, a, di a diver went out and actually found them huh. uh, and returned them, which was very nice. It was about 75 feet of water. Uh, nice. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't lost much. I tell you one thing um, and I've been talking to um, the guys at century rods. Um, hmm. What I really like, because if there's anything that gets busted up on for me in a kayak rod is the guides. Mm -hmm. because if you're throwing it down inside the kayak, it's bouncing around. Oftentimes you're so low to the water. If you're speed jigging, mm -hmm. that can be up and out of the water and jam yeah. the top guide before you even know what's happened. So mm -hmm. first off, I don't want to see any inserts, you know, right. because those things get busted up. The other one is the, uh, there are guides now um, for your main guides uh, not the tip, but that are basically spring steel. I mean, they're stainless right. steel. Because as much as I travel, I don't think I have a rod downstairs that isn't missing a guide. <laughs> because they get beat up so bad while traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So, all mine are missing tips because of, you know, all the things that you do to break off the tips. But right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, and I, you know, again, I think that that's a sign of things to come. You know, you're going to see more, more rides that are just smarter, not different, but smarter, you know, and, and, and other gear as well. So, right. Um, Jeremy said shorter butts. Um, and, and that makes sense for some things and not for others. A lot of times, if I'm vertical jigging, I like a rod, but it's fairly yeah. long. I can get in that leverage right. point underneath my arm. That's right. Um, I do like a rod that's, I can reach around my PFD, mm -hmm. you know, so you don't want it so long that it's catching on your PFD as you're trying to maneuver around the boat and stuff. But for the most part, like I said, I think um, there's plenty of rods out there. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, you're, you just got to fish with the right rod for what you're doing. I don't know that we need a, I mean, I love the fact that these companies want to be a part of it, 
but in a way, um, when they do it and it's not hugely successful right. and then they get turned off to the sport. Yeah. Part of the sport, but they don't necessarily need to make a kayak specific, um, item. Yeah. I got one of the, uh, one of the St. Croix Mojo yak rods, uh, earlier this year. And I love it. Great rods. St. Croix is a great company and they make great rods. That's what they do. You know, it's all they do. And, uh, um, um, you know the the accommodations that they made for the kayak angler especially like the uh they use this like um grip it's like a golf handle grip wind grips right and mm -hmm. um, um it does have a shorter butt which for a casting rod these are all like inshore casting rods or bass rods i like you know so that's fine too they're great you know and they're a great rod which i'm glad to see but um you know i think they would have been a great rod with any other name on them as well but um you know, it, it, it's, a uh, it's, um, it's just good. Yeah. Like you say, to see these guys getting involved. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I said, um, having been blown off by many, many companies over the years, you know, uh, particularly initially, um, and now to be a more opposite where we have companies approaching us and wanting to be involved in the sport. I mean, that's only a good thing. And it's, it, it's, it's things like, um, you know, the shows, uh, my show, Chad show, um, you know, what Chad's done with his bass fishing tournaments, uh, that whole trail, the national championship. I mean, that's bringing in a big audience too. And, and that's, that's really helping. I think, um, Richard asks, does your magazine offer a way to promote local tournaments? Well, yes, we do, Richard. Um, we have the uh, Kayak Angler Tournament Network, and um, uh, we offer uh, you know uh, different ways of promoting the tournaments. We have a listing, and uh, and on our website, we have a special calendar where your tournament is is posted, and also we provide a free uh, digital edition of the magazine to every. Um, every uh, uh participant in the tournament and um uh, you know we'll be our exclusive media partners we'll post up uh results afterwards and and such so uh, yeah you can certainly uh contact us uh through uh, our facebook page uh or through um uh yeah it's probably the best way message us on facebook and uh and we'll get you in touch with the right people to do that um to the magazine, uh, so we haven't really talked all that much about it. But like I said, it's it's a great quality magazine. It's great photography, a lot of good educational articles. Um, how do how do people get it? I mean, how often does it come out? Uh, it's quarterly. Comes out four times a year. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, you subscribe again through our website, kayakanglermagazine.com, uh, rapidmedia.com, and. Uh, um, you can one or two years of subscription uh, and uh, or you, of course, every the cool thing is, too, I love is that uh, every back issue of the magazine is available online. So if you go to kayakangler.com, uh, it's uh, it's uh, every you go to the magazine and then uh, the newsstand, every back issue of the magazine from the first first issue on is free available online. So uh, it's cool to look back through the pages and, uh, you know, uh, find things that, that uh, you know, events in, in the history of the magazine, in the history of kayak fishing, but also, you know, it's a wealth of knowledge there too. We try not to cover the same thing twice. So that's a lot of, a uh, lot of material, uh, a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, like I said, they're, they're great quality. I said, I got two of them right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a fun and it's, it's a, you know, it's an honor to be involved because right. It just looks great. I, you know, I, I, I pulled a, the photos and stuff, but we've got a great designer and a great team that, that works on it too. And uh, it's a, it's a labor of love, but it's great to see um, the, the results. Great actually asked um, 
da, 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 da. Somebody's asking something about writers. I mean, okay, I, I can't find the question now. Um, do you take submissions for articles or do you have a pool of writers already that, that work for you? Uh, how, how are you working that? Are you writing them all yourself? <laughs> um, uh, no, we, uh, we really welcome contributors and, uh, you don't even have to be a writer, uh, or a photographer necessarily, but, you know, an expert in your field, uh, uh, I remember the, uh, what editor saltwater sportsman said that, you know, you can, uh, you can, you can make a fisherman a writer, but you can't make a writer into a fisherman. And, uh, I, I found that to be true over and over again through the years. But, uh, um, uh, again, you can contact us on our Facebook page. And, uh, you know, I can send out to you uh, our contributor guidelines and such. But, uh, you know, we really look for people with a regional expertise, um, you know, who are, uh, you know, good at what they do. Photography, of course, is a great addition. If you have pictures, you know, then that almost sells your, your idea. Um, but, you know, always for any magazine that you write for, I always recommend, you know, look through the back issues. And since all of our back issues are on, on the website, go back and look at the issues. You know, the magazine is broken up into sections. Each section has a, has a, you know, a theme and, uh, you know, kind of get familiar with the different parts of the magazine, destination columns, tactic columns, rigging, you know, and, and skills. And, uh, you know, think of ideas that would fit in a specific space. So many times people are like, oh yeah, you know, I got a great way of catching, uh, you know, bluegill in my farm pond behind my neighbor's house. <laughs> You're like, well, that's great. Uh, you know, how can we make that interesting to people all across the country, you know, or, or, uh, tie in some other ideas that, you know, that make it more inclusive to, to more people. And, and again, photography, you know, photos are great to, to provide as well, but always open to contributions and uh, always encourage folks because, you know, in order to cover, nobody's going to know everything about all the fishing all around the country. And since we, you know, since we cover the world of kayak fishing, um, you know, we're always looking for experts in a certain area. Again, you can see through somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. And uh, um, so we always look for people that are knowledgeable in their area. Right. Graham Foley says, would you be interested in foreign content? Kayak fishing is pretty big in Australia. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We've certainly run a lot of stories in the, in the past on, on, uh, you know, overseas fishing opportunities and, and, uh, around the world. And uh, there's so many places to explore and so many, so many things going on. And again, you know, we can't cover it from here in Virginia beach. So we need people on the, on the water in the, in the locations to share their expertise. Uh, John Dennis. I'm a subscriber and enjoy the magazine and online content. Keep up Thanks, the good buddy. work. Thank you. You guys Let's also try. have a Facebook uh, presence. Um, and who, who's doing all your social media stuff? Well, um, our web editor, Alex uh, Trainer, has been doing that for us. Um, we're looking for a uh, web editor. <laughs> if anybody's out there, uh, you can check that out on our website as well. We have uh, what was Long the job open to do. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, think about and, and, you know, you can do it from wherever you live, really. You know, you don't have to move to Canada to uh, to be our web editor. And um, um, and it's a great company to work for. And, and what a great opportunity, you know. Um, so anybody, the right person's out there. Let me know. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Jeremy was saying, and this was back to like, this is probably the question I was looking for earlier. Do you have writers for specific regions? Yeah, like I said, you know, not only specific regions, but specific locations, too. Um, and especially, you know, um, we like stories from world famous fishing locations like uh, San Diego or uh, Pompano Beach or, um, uh, you know, uh, 
Boston, you know, the places that people travel to to fish. But, you know, we also like kind of off the, off the beaten track, you know, kayaks are such a, uh, an easy platform to carry uh, all over the place. You know, we love stories about people that went to places that nobody's been or uh, places that not many people have been, but, you know, maybe more people should check out. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, our, our photographer, one of our uh, photographers, uh, Dustin Duskin. So he's a, uh, uh, contributed a destination piece for this issue on our destination guide about Cato Lake in Texas. And this place, I mean, of course, this photography is phenomenal. So any place he takes his pictures of, you know, just looks uh, great anyway. But uh, it's so creepy. It's like all these cypress trees and, the, you know, it's like a forest. It's a uh, uh, flooded forest kind of place, you know, and you're, you're winding in and out of this labyrinth of, of uh uh, cypress trees and, and, you know, bass fishing the stumps and stuff. And they camp out sometimes just on a hammock, you know, tied between two trees and yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool place. So yeah, we're always looking for regional contributions, but also, you know, off the beaten track kind of things as well. That's very cool. And again, how, how do people uh, get that to you? Is that just through the, uh, the website? Yeah, well, you um, we we have our contri uh, contributor you know guidelines and everything on our website as well. But um, if you'd like, I can send you copies of them and, and talk to you a little bit more about what what you need to do and you know uh, your ideas. Just uh, shoot us a shoot us a message on our Facebook page and uh, and we'll get right back to you. Uh, if you have this off the top of your head, Graham says, "What word count works best for your format and how many picks?" Well, um, <clears throat> what we call our front of the book pieces. Uh, you know, our tactics columns, rigging, skills columns, they're 500 to 700 words usually. Uh, um, and the photos, again, are, are important. And again, uh, I can't recommend enough. Look back through the back issues of the magazine and uh, look at what kind of photographs we use already. And then, you know, uh, you know, just focus your own work on that on that kind of format. I had a guy send me a photo today and it was a great picture, beautiful color. Um, but, you know, the fish looked like it was six inches long and the whole photo was filled with this guy, you know, and I mean, you know, he was a, a fine looking young man. But I was like, you know, this is fisherman. You know, we want to see that fish, you know, fill the frame with the fish, you know, use your uh, um, <clears throat> your uh, your uh, rules of composition. If you want to look that up on Google <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, you know, take your pictures, get down low, you know, use your lines, whatever, you know, like I said, you can look that up on Google, but you know, put some time into your photography. The best thing you can do is go back and research, look at our magazine, look at, you know, other fishing magazines, uh, get ideas from, you know, even fashion magazines or, you know, wherever, um, uh, out, uh, outside magazine, outdoor magazines, you know, look at what other folks are doing and, uh, then, you know, bring your own style to it. And, uh, um, uh, you know, make a contribution again you know we cover the whole country and we're not afraid of uh famous places we're not afraid of off the beaten track places you know we're not afraid of we like tactics you know we have four columns in the mag or four uh you know columns in the magazine on tactics um we're always looking for whatever's going to be hot next year you know or what folks are on the cutting edge are doing you know and uh or what's the uh what's the um you know what's the buzzword uh you know for the times uh, for any type of fish too, you know, we cover freshwater, saltwater, uh, you know, bow hunting from a kayak, hunting from a kayak. I mean, we've done it all. Um, you know, people so many times are like, Oh, how do you define a kayak fishing? You know, is pedal fishing, kayak fishing is a motor kayak fishing is, is, you know, and I say, yes, <laughs> that's the simple answer, you know, um, you know, and that's, that's, we try to reflect that in the magazine as well. It's called kayak angler, but of course that now means so much more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Thumbs up from Todd Bever. Just want to say <laughs> hi, Todd. Uh, he is, uh, if it's the same Todd, and I'm assuming it is, a uh, good friend of mine that I used to kayak fish with a lot. It's his son uh, who just had a baby here recently. So congratulations, Todd. And his real name, his last name is really Beverage. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's got to be good for so many like free drinks. <laughs> so he is a young marine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, good. thank you. Yeah, I've known him since he was very young, and like I said his his dad and I. His dad was with me when I caught the first marlin off of a kayak mm. in Loyola back in '96. Uh, I want to say something like that. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was cool. Let's actually have a fishing question or, or sort of being an inlander, Missouri, I would like to try fishing beyond the breakers. What is the best way to get into ocean fishing for the beginner? I've been kayak fishing for two years and get on the water 40 to 50 times a year. Well, first you need to move near the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is some options, obviously. I mean, there's some great destinations if you want to make it into a, um, a vacation, um, you know, all along Florida. There's a, you know, there's a lot of places there's, you know, here in San Diego. And most of these places have guides, my, myself included. Um, and then, you know, there are uh, resorts like Los Busos um, that is dedicated to kayak fishing and uh, offshore stuff as well as pack kayak rentals down in Louisiana, which is a dedicated inshore um, fishing, kayak fishing dedication uh, destination. So uh, the more this sport grows, and you can honestly look at any of the places that I've been on shooting my shows, because we leave kayaks all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Resorts have kayaks at, at most of them. So um there's a lot of good ways. And then the, the cool thing is, is it seems like no matter where you go, there is a kayak fishing community now and you can tap into them as a resource. Um, yeah. John, that's one of the other exciting things that's been going on is so many more places, you know, offer guided trips, you know, and have a, have a fleet of kayaks now, whereas maybe they just had boats 10 years ago, but uh, you know, there's so many more places that you can go and get introduced by a professional guide into whatever type of fishing you're trying to say, you know, I wouldn't probably, you know, roll your, uh, um, you know, your, your old town predator down to the beach in La Jolla and try to launch through the surf on a, on a sunny afternoon, you know, with your, uh, with your, uh, uh your, your walleye rod and, uh, and your flasher rigs or whatever, but, you know, you definitely want to get a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of experience and have somebody show you the ropes, especially going through the surf. Um, some of these places you're talking about, Jim, you know, uh, have, a, have, relatively calm surf you know i know the the gulf coast of florida and places like that you can get some great offshore fishing there and, and not have as much surf to real you know deal with but uh yeah definitely find a pro guide for sure yeah and, and i've always said that even if you know even if you're already an accomplished person if you're going to a new area uh and you're going to be there for a week or something you know hire a guide even if it's for the first day mm -hmm. you know kind of show you the ropes for that specific area um so honestly, this is insane, but the, the hour has gone by already. Um, and uh, we don't want to drag this out too much longer. So uh, Rick, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. I hope you had fun. I did. Um, one more time, if people want to subscribe or anything like that, where, where are they going to look? Kayakanglermag.com. Kayakanglermag.com. Well, very cool, man. And again, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to fish together again. Um, 
I need to get back. I, I really want to fish with that whole crew again. Um, just, I mean, just such a solid group of guys. Just got to get them out of their ocean kayaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, open invitation anytime. Man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks Definitely. again. And um, for those of you watching, Rick did say he would give away a few subscriptions to the magazine. So I will throw the names in a randomizer and then I will send you their contact information. That works. Cool, man. All, All right, man. Take care. Take care, Jim. So thanks everybody again for joining us. Uh, I will let you know on the uh, who wins uh, a little bit later. Um, I do appreciate that, and and I appreciate you sticking with us through the these you know kind of confusing things with uh, how it's not posting on the kayak fishing show page uh, properly anyway. So we're not seeing your comments over there. So uh, we're working on it. Unfortunately, trying to work with Facebook uh, support is not the easiest thing in the world. So anyway, I'm going to get rolling here. I hope you all have a good weekend. If you're going out on the water, please always wear your PFD and hold your paddle right side up. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that show. And uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Kayak Fishing Tales. If you want to see these shows live, we do them every Friday on the Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Salmon's Facebook page. I hope you enjoyed it. You take care.